What do you do when your kid is terrible at playing games? Like actually just awful, just a bad sportsman who can't handle losing and can't handle winning gracefully. <laughs> what do you do if your kid just won't listen to you, just refuses to listen? Or if the things that they used to do that you thought were cute are no longer cute. Well, if you're stuck in any of these problems and more, you're listening to the right podcast. It's honey, you're ruining our kid. We're back. Hello there. Tina, good to be back. Good to be back on the air. Now we're now we're radio regulars. If you haven't picked this up, where are we on, Tina? We are on every Sunday night on, on 98FM. 98FM. I think. This is my radio voice. <laughs> why do sh- people talk a certain way on the radio and a certain way? It's like in the old days when you used to pick up your phone and go, 521673, Charlotte Regan speaking. How may I help you? That's how I'd answer the phone. Really? That's amazing. <laughs> how may I help you? Like I was working at well, like a Well, you'd have to admit that's better than some houses you would ring and they'd be like, Yeah? What? What? <laughs> or who is it that used to answer the phone and go, and? And? I'm like, remember when I used to ring your house? Have we said this on the show before? And I'd end up talking to your dad and he'd never pass me you'd on to you. hang up then. <laughs> yeah. He'd hang up. You'd he'd have to call back. He'd never pass me on. He'd be. Yeah. We'd have a chat, and he'd say goodbye, and I'd never get to talk to you. Yeah, I definitely had a phone voice back then, and I certainly have a radio voice. If you're going to be listening to 98 FM on a Sunday evening, this is how I'll be talking, <laughs> Tina. What's happening with these crazy kids? <laughs> we had to record a demo, didn't we? And I couldn't. I couldn't stop laughing. It was horrendous. It, it's, I couldn't it's bring myself to, to do the radio voice. Yeah. Radio is different. But it's um, basically this show on the radio. And if that's how you like to consume things on the radio, you won't be listening to this right now. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe if you want to recommend the show, as we're always saying, the only way that people hear about our show is through recommendations. So maybe that's the best way for people to hear it if somebody isn't into podcasts just yet. I haven't managed to figure out the podcast. Yeah. Say to them, well, tune in to 98FM. At 11 o'clock at night. I don't know. I think it's 10. Is it? Maybe 9. That changes We should know. Time. We should know what time our show is on. We've a ton of stuff to get through here, mm. Tina. But I, you know, this first question, though, isn't a question from a listener. This what? is This is more my concern around kids playing games. Like, okay. Now, okay. Our own boy isn't an angel when it comes to his competitiveness. He has inherited... The Regan competitiveness. Yes, but... I only realised how competitive people view me when more and more people on our running podcast are going, well, we know you're competitive. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't think I... Like, I'm really trying to hide that. <laughs> it's like my cousin said it to me, well, you're very competitive. I'm like, what did I do? <laughs> but it was definitely something early on in life. In, yeah. in, in my house, you were taught to play games to win and crush your opponent. Oh, yeah. Not like, for the crack. I used to have massive anxiety when I first started visiting your house 20 years ago. about Because you always played a board game after dinner. To win. No, but yeah, but in general, the activity. I wasn't really playing. <laughs> the, what is it? Post-dinner activity was board gaming. Board game, yeah. And I remember your mother laughing in my face when we played Pictionary. Because uh, I- you, you screwed up. <laughs> Well, I can't draw, first she, of all. She stopped the game, stopped the timer, pointed at him, ah, ha, ha, you can't do that. Oh, no, that was a different time. That was playing Password. Oh, right. So this uh, is this was when I was supposed to draw a chocolate frog, and my attempt of that was a square and a circle. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, I'm not playing this game with her. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Now. She was, 
<laughs> but uh, look, how do you guide your kid to play well and to well, play with the view that this is the aim of the game is to have fun? Yes. Well, you know, you brought up Mikey there, which I didn't like because in the weirdest way possible, he saves all of that for us, mm. the competitive. So, like, we never get to enjoy playing board games with him because he's Monster a diva. But, and says that to our faces. But when he's with his friends, I've seen him play board games and he's well able to handle himself there. If anything, he's too considerate. But uh, how do you handle it? You just have to keep playing board games and keep modeling the behavior you want to see. You know that. Mm. I mean, were you encouraged to be competitive as children, Jerry? Well, I was the youngest. Mm. So I always got my butt kicked. Like we would have bike races (laughs) and... They were, they staggered the start of the bike race based on ability and bike size. So my brother is on a full on racing bike. He's the eldest and he's way back, 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 back down the road. Yeah. Then my sister is further up. He's on one of those kind of granny bikes with a basket on the front. I love those. I have one of those. And, you know, kind of drop handlebars, mm. but still the, the crossbar is a lady's bike. Mm. Then my sister's a little bit further forward and Jar is about me. I'm about 10 feet from the line on a plastic track. (laughs) So I can remember that we used to lead the bikes around a parade ring like you would at the races. And then you would get briefing from the trainer, who was my brother. (laughs) And we'd all head out. You would hear their understarters orders and they'd take off. And I would get to within a foot of the line and they'd all whiz by me on the line. And each time I'm pedaling to get this tractor to move <laughs> through the gravel like yeah. it was gravel it wasn't tarmac yeah that is hard so it's crunching its way through <laughs> and you can imagine you're just getting angrier and angrier you can imagine how funny it was for them <laughs> to see me think I'm gonna win every time <laughs> and each and every time in a cloud of dust they'd go oh by me <laughs> and I eventually got off the tractor and just you know kicked seven shades of shite <laughs> out of the tractor <laughs> I think that's when I knew I had a competitive streak. Yeah. And you know, losing like that over and over and over again will make you competitive. But I, look, there's been a real turn. There's been a real change in terms of competitiveness. And I think. In the world. In the world. And like sports days, everyone gets the medal and stuff. And I'm not, I'm not 100% on board with that. I think why can't the kid who's best at running win the, the first place medal? And why can't the other kids want to try harder the next time Mm. I mean there's been something lost in that regard but in terms of gaming it's really tricky because you don't want your child to not be competitive but it's just trying to encourage them to find the fun when they're going to anger to try and find the laughter Mm. in how silly it is to feel that angry about a game well in terms of the medals for everybody thing there is you know a big argument for participation trophies yeah in that on the one hand you're arguing for participation trophies by teaching the kids that it's crack that it's just about fun yeah that everybody being involved in a thing but on the other hand that's not really reflective of how life is going to be yeah and then and it's also not very fair i didn't mean to cut over you there but i mean we all remember that time when you did win first place and how amazing <laughs> But how amazing it felt to hear your name being called in a competition. But equal, and equally, we all remember the kid who got 20 out of 20 in the spellings. And that was OK. Oh. But the kid who's more prone to being athletic is not allowed to have the 2020 feeling. 
they're told, no, everybody took part and, you know, wasn't such a well, big deal. Well, that's not across the board now. It just and isn't. That's, and that's yeah. the point, that, yeah. it, that there is a place for participation yeah. on Trophy Day. And then there has to be a place where you go, right, well, you did finish the top. Let's get you down to these trials. Yeah. But what I'm talking about when I raise this is the modeling of this behavior is very, very tricky. Because as you say, it's your child can be behaving one way with you. Mm. And reserving a lot of their bad behavior for you well, because be they honest, feel that level of comfort. Who did you. Mikey see being that competitive? Where did he see that behavior? You. Charlotte Regan. Come mm. on now. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Would he ever have behaved this way playing games if he hadn't seen his dad taking them so seriously? Well, I, I do think that there is something genetic in this. Really? I do. I really do. And I think that you know as well that when you see little boys and little girls with certain attributes that, you know, well, how would they have picked that up? Oh, yeah. OK. There are times when you go, well, they couldn't have learned that anywhere. Yeah. But they've arrived into school ready made, ultra competitive beings. Yes. I know that I just said that thing of he must have seen it somewhere. And I, I that does annoy me sometimes when people say that because sometimes they haven't seen yeah. it. It's just who they are. Yeah. But um, in this case... Mikey definitely saw it. <laughs> well, because uh, this is obviously a big part of Regan genealogy mm. is that the whole family, extended family, is super competitive and sports is in our family. My father mm. was a sportsman. Uh, it's it's a tricky one. And I'd be interested to know if people have certain board games that they play that can help because I believe that there are certain ones that are more prone to like Monopoly. Let's be oh, honest. look, that just shouldn't come in the <laughs> door. I think you need to be like in college before you should be allowed to play that game. Why? Because, I mean, who has played a successful game of Monopoly? Who? It's a game of crushing your the, opponent. Even the calmest child <laughs> could end up flipping that board game over. I mean, I don't know. The Sometimes tears. The, the tears. tears. It's, oh, so seriously. Well, it is about, you know, being ruthless, whereas... There, there has to be better board games out there nowadays. And we'd love to get your suggestions mm. on this. The board game that we recommend to everyone, which is absolutely brilliant for vocabulary, for mm. performing under pressure, for uh, fun, fun. First and foremost, yeah. you will laugh your brains out at this one is Password, Password. which is like it's like an antique game now. We can yeah. put it, a link in the uh, notes for it, but it is just a one-of-a-kind game. I'm amazed that there isn't a version of it on an iPhone or an, mm. as an app. I mean, it would surely work that way. But uh, it's it's a description game, as close to categories as you can get, but just with an element of a timer. Uh, Jeopardy yeah. and a timer. And it is great it fun. It has produced but that... so much fun, and it definitely allows you to calmly mm. introduce the idea that, like, that game is over. Yeah. And we move to the next one. And the aim that I'm always trying to say to mm. Mikey is, is not to win, but to have a situation where those that you played with yeah. would like to play with you again. Yes. And that That's is the goal. That is. And you know what? I really feel like my mother got that message true to me when I was a kid. That The whole goal here is that they'll, you're enjoying this game. You want to play it again. They're not going to want to play with you if you behave like this. So let's enjoy the game. Let's try and go to laughter. But when you feel yourself starting to take it too seriously, take your breath, remind yourself this is supposed to be fun. And then you got them coming back to you. But it's very tough. And in the worst case scenario, calm yourself down, take a breath, 
and flip the board with both of them. I have to say, I think Monopoly is a joke because even I have flipped that thing over. I mean, I made a holy show of myself as a kid playing that game. Firing the pieces. Oh, yeah. Oh, awful. And there is nothing worse than having to pick up all those pieces when you've flipped over the board. The shame. The shame stays with you. Hi, Tina and Jar. Love the podcast and all the solid advice, help and tips you've been giving out. We're currently having an issue with our little girl sleeping, which started when we were at home in Ireland over the Christmas. We live abroad. She began to wake up and get scared, shouting in the middle of the night when we were at home with my parents. Myself and my husband would reassure her that she's safe, all is well, and leave her be. She initially responded well, went back to sleep. It's gotten progressively worse. Her wake-ups are now lasting between one and two hours hours and it's getting really hard to stay patient Mm -hmm. we are trying not to allow her into our bed we did co-sleep for some time when she was very little and don't want to go back there Mm -hmm. we show her now that her bedroom is safe before bedtime and that there's nothing to be afraid of she's now waking for any other reason complaining of feeling sick coughing needing a drink a wee she's not sick for now thankfully but has a bit of a cough during the day. She's working herself up into an absolute state some nights, crying and coughing. And we're at a complete loss as to how to manage this situation. Jesus, these poor parents. We're back to our usual routine with preschool for over a week now since we got back after Christmas and I'm currently 19 weeks pregnant. No, poor thing, she needs her sleep. And anyone... I've mentioned this too, feels this is more than likely what's causing her to wake as they experience similar with their little ones. I should mention that during the day she is in great form and is happy, lovely girl, fun. Her school reports that she is great in great form all the time and full of her usual energy during the day. She even apologizes for all the wake ups. (laughs) We chat about what's happening at night. She is exhausted earlier in the evenings now and if we manage to prevent a danger nap which is a great name for that nap that we all know we don't want them to Mm -hmm. have her bedtime is an hour earlier at 6 30 we miss half decent sleep we miss it so much please help lots of love anonymous that's so tough that's really tough because that mom and dad from the signs of that email are are doing everything you would ask them to do already. Right. They're having the open discussion with her. They're encouraging her to feel like her room is safe. The unfortunate thing that has happened here, though, is that while visiting the grandparents, that child woke up during the night and didn't know where she was Mm. and got a fright. And now she's a little bit anxious. Mm. I mean, all those things she's saying, pains in tummy, needing to wee, those are all signs of a child with anxiety. So what do they do? How do they get her back on track? I mean, it's tricky because it's been going on a while now. And she obviously has a feeling in her in her when it comes to nighttime and waking up. She doesn't feel safe, I think. It's hard when I'm not there to observe the child. But from that email, I feel, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I just read that and I agree with you. They seem to be doing everything and this must be the tough ones for you to get Tina as the 
expert on this show. Well, it's really tricky because what do I tell them to do when they are already doing what I would tell them to do? We discussed this this morning a little bit. And even though they're saying that the dialogue is open about the room being safe, they really have to to ramp that up a bit and talk way more about how safe their house is, how safe it is at nighttime, how lovely her room is, how proud they are of her when she sleeps the whole night. They need to get into her during the day when she's, they said she just sounds like a delightful little girl, to mention that to her, saying, you make me so happy when you listen and do what you're told. And I'm happy that you're telling me that you're sad you woke up tonight. Let's not do that. So there's options here. Now, one of them is... Probably sounds a bit over the top, but if this little child is only three, is it three she was, and mommy has a baby on the way, maybe there's a baby monitor still floating around this house. Uh, I know we've spoken about this before, but like I definitely use the baby monitor for much longer than is normal, but it really helped Mikey feel safe in his room. And for a little bit of time, they could reintroduce the baby monitor into this room. First of all, they get to see, well, what's waking her up and what does she look like mm. when she wakes up? And then they get to tell her, you're so safe, mommy can hear you. And you can speak into the baby monitor and say, everything's okay, pop back to sleep. Really short, direct sentences when you're dealing with them at nighttime. Um, whatever is happening when she wakes up, you have to be very careful not to um, feed it. Feed it. You have to be really careful and it's bed, it's nighttime, it's time to sleep. Go to sleep, mommy loves you. Mm. You have to be really careful not to say, what's wrong? Is everything okay? And maybe that's happened already. Yeah. You have to be really careful with how you talk to your children at nighttime. If I could just say about the baby monitor, and I yeah. don't think uh, everyone will be up for the idea. Yeah, no. Oh, no, because people hate know, being woken up. It doesn't wake them up. But in a, in a lot of ways, we all sleep with the baby monitor. Like even those without kids. Because what you have by your bed in your mobile phone is a method to alert the authorities if anything happens mm. that you are scared by. Your kid will have the capacity to call out and know that they're heard. And that yeah. to me, like you said, like you pinpointed, is where all of this stems from is yeah. the feeling that well, I not... wasn't heard that yeah. night back in Ireland. Yes, something happened. Something happened to me. That child made strange. Yeah, so we it, talked about making strange last week, mm. but it's true. That child got a fright and it imprinted mm. on them. And these having that there, yeah, right, in our experience, meant that our Mikey, our little guy, mm. was so chill about going to bed and knowing that he could, in some ways, the problem that's going to arise is that they'll be able to call you so easily yeah um, but they all phase this out because yes. if they're not using it they'll want to phase it out quickly but the knowledge that yeah. you can call mm. yeah. is what will hopefully help this kid yeah and you're sleep. right actually that needs to be said too you need to tell your child it's okay to call for mommy at night time I will come and check on you and make sure you're still safe and you can go back to sleep mm. You, she really has to feed a dialogue here of yeah you wake up during the night and then we go back to sleep mm. And when you go in and she's crying, say, I'm so sorry you're crying. I'm going to give you a hug. It's time to go back to sleep. Okay. So that's mm. that, right? Mm. That's that side of the actual sleep time. Mm. But this coughing and building oh, yeah. up but that's the anxiety. Yeah. bed, you think that the monitor 
uh, of some sort would help allay those fears and hopefully yeah. nip that in the bud. I do. I think like this mom might be just like, I'm not doing that. And that's fair enough. But I did. I was trying to think, well, this is quite serious. Mm, this child severe. has gone from not sleeping to waking up and being very panicked going to sleep. And I thought if she did reintroduce a monitor into the room, she could tell the little girl, I'm just going to pop this in here for a while so that I hear you. I always hear you. Mm. And I always so know you're okay. So it doesn't have okay. to be a big announcement no. that this is happening. Yeah. Mommy wants to just make sure I can keep you so safe. Yeah. And I can hear everything. Now, if she doesn't want to do that, she could just, you know, get her a very special teddy that keeps her safe at night time. I mean, it sounds silly, but those kind of things really work. This is a very special teddy that's going to keep you so safe at night time. And when you're feeling scared, you just give your teddy a squeeze. Mm. And you snuggle into mm. your teddy and your child, like they will just, you tell them that in a very clear, direct way. They will take it as, yeah, that's my teddy who keeps me safe. And when I'm feeling scared, I hug him it's and tough. they do that. But like this poor, poor mother, because she's pregnant, she's tired, she needs her sleep back. Can you imagine? Yeah. Like I was always quite against the co-sleeping thing until Kira Taylor Oops. Yeah, appeared Meant, on this show. And yeah, such. and she said, if you have to do that for a few nights, so that's what? okay. She she did remind me, sometimes your child might just need a few nights. A bit of contact, yeah. And then pop them back to their own bed. And I don't know if this lady has listened to that episode or follows Taylor May Babies, but mm -hmm. that really made me rethink that. I was like, yeah, actually, maybe it, there's just moments where the kid needs maybe two nights co-sleeping and then back to their own bed. I will tell you that when we eventually had to get rid of that monitor. Oh, my God. Uh, that is the thing, it's that it might be you that needs the monitor because Tina yeah. definitely couldn't relax without it in the room knowing because yeah. you were, for you, like this I was is the other side. It's yeah. like you were suffering with the anxiety. So there might be parents listening to yeah. this where the mom has had, uh, the dad has some anxiety around the yeah. kid going to sleep and caught death which is yeah. just the most horrendous we, yeah, possibility we had had a terrible scare with Mikey he had stopped breeding yeah. and I couldn't sleep without. not being 100% so sure so when we put him into his room when he was one I couldn't sleep at all unless I could see and hear him mm. but we bought uh, two devices yeah oh yeah we had the angel mattress the as angel well. mattress if people don't know about this is yeah. a little like flat piece piece of sensor mm. that goes underneath the mattress and detects the I heartbeat. I think it's even flashier now. Yeah, I don't it must be. I mean, yeah. this was 12 years ago. Yeah. But this thing will just confirm that all is well. Yeah. And but then like, if full disclosure, is a Mikey regular, was eight or nine when we got rid of the monitor. <laughs> because, or older. No, he wasn't older than that. But like, I, first of all, like, I just couldn't sleep without knowing I could flash on the screen and check them during the night. Yeah, but that was so handy. Yeah. I mean, you're doing that around your house all the time. If yeah. you have cameras and you have it connected to your yeah. iPhone, like I think that there is going to be a shift on this in years to come. Yeah, maybe. Well, he felt very safe. He did. He was this so happy. And I have to say, playdates were so easy. Pretty because, handy too. Because I could turn on the monitor and <laughs> keep, keep an, an eye, eye on what was going on in yeah, the bedroom. Yeah. What's getting smashed. And the babysitter coming over was brilliant. She loved it. She loved it. Yeah. She never had to go near him. All she had to do was sit and watch the monitor. But uh, like there's a certain age where it was weird. Now I had to let him... I had to trust that he was going to make it through the night, okay? <laughs> and that was really tough for me. I mean, trauma is a weird thing because I was traumatized. And 
Like that happened to Mikey when he was born and he's 12 now and I'm still not through it. Mm. I'm still, and I, my heart goes out for people You've who... You've done very Yeah, well, but I have my baby. Honest. Other people go through what we went through and their baby doesn't make it. How do those poor people cope? I don't know. I'll never know. Because here I am with this beautiful boy and I'm still carrying this trauma. It's, re- mm. it's crazy. So... We have not answered this poor mother's question. Oh, I have not have. gotten back to this mom yet, and I will. But I think... By the time this goes out, you will have, yeah. Yeah, I think she has to work on making that child feel more secure. There are so many books on this you subject, can read yeah. about feeling safe and secure in yourself and at nighttime. And the thing I really want to say is, please go to the teacher that this child is with and please ask for help. Ask her to board. do circles about staying in your own bed about how important it is to get all your sleep, please get her involved. Because sometimes that child just hearing that at school, they're like, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be doing this. I better Mm. start doing it again. Very good. Okay, well, we'll include some of those books in the notes for this episode. Uh, Of course, you can subscribe to this podcast. But if you're just listening this one episode, subscribe. Give us a comment over (laughs) there on wherever you're getting your podcast. It all helps us climb the ladder, Monty, (laughs) to the top of the parenting charts where we've been several times now and uh, we're really, really grateful to all of you for getting in touch with your anonymous emails to honey, you are ruining our kid at gmail.com. Next question, Tina, comes from somebody who is actively being accused of ruining their kid. Maybe the first, <laughs> the first email we've had where that accusation has been leveled at this God. parent. My kids won't listen she says I have a four year old no I have worse a four year old twin boys and they are completely out of control everything that we used to find funny and cute has morphed into really disrespectful behaviour I mean we've all been there yeah we see that a lot used to be adorable when he put his fingers in his ears yeah they don't listen to my husband either my mother-in-law thinks we are terrible parents and are ruining her only grandchildren. I'm sorry for laughing, but I always laugh at the concept of the is child she, is ruined. Is she just thinking that, though, that her mother-in-law? Maybe, maybe. She says this. Oh, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's that one answered. She says it in front of the boys when they're misbehaving. I'm exhausted. I'm unhappy. I'm feeling pretty hopeless. Can you help me get my boys to listen again? Oh, God. So there was a time when they did listen. That's the positive. Well, you see, the thing is with this question, parents, this happens a lot, right? Your child's suddenly four or five and they're doing things that you don't like it anymore. But what I always try and get the parent to think about is, what about from the child's point of view? They haven't changed anything your tolerance for it changed. Mm. You know, they are just doing the things that you used to love and find cute. So really, it's not their fault. <laughs> like They don't know. It's not me. So when it's you're, you. But when you're getting upset with them, they're just like, I don't understand. You used to love this. And now what? I can't do anything right anymore. Yeah. And that's true of loads of different stages in development. Yeah. Right? Here's oh, big time. The kid that's going to secondary school, for mm. example, who... He's told, and we often remember this, that won't fly now. You're 13. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, well. No, it's very I tough. I preferred being 12. It's really hard. And it's hard when you see it. It's hard when you see like a two-year-old 
who's being so like obnoxious and the parent laughing and thinking this is cute and you're thinking okay okay it's cute but how are you going to feel about that when they're three and a half or four and they're still doing it so really tough my heart goes out to this mother she's got twins anyone with twins gets a pass from me because how are you doing it i don't know talked to a guy the other night who said uh, his brother had a set of twins obviously expecting one to arrive they go again another set oh my god are they okay he only wanted to have two kids <laughs> <laughs> i mean so i think everybody who has twins should get a pass yeah from us all. absolutely but what i will say to this mummy is they're four they're four-year-old boys get your partner involved sit down and have a big chat about things that they're doing that you don't want them to do anymore and then get your kids to talk to you about things that you, they're, you're doing that they don't want you to do anymore. Make it a really open, open chat that ends in a little tiny list of house rules. We've talked about this so much on the show. Yeah, but when you say that about making it fun, I mean, that is like there are ways and means of making that fun that I can think of right off the top of my head, which would involve you and your partner maybe acting out what's happening. Would that be an idea that like when no. I say this to you, when uh, I say it's time for dinner. And oh, you, you role get, playing yeah, expected so behavior. Yeah. To yeah. act out. Here's how we want it to roll. Oh, I think role play. Here's is, how it's actually going. I think we underestimate all the time how much your children need you to role play what you want them to do. Role play is so important in this. Like completely spoon feed them yeah. the beha- like expected behaviour. you say it behavior. all the time. It's like, they don't know unless you tell yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Or they show don't know. them. And in this situation, those kids are probably just confused. Yeah. Mommy used to love this. And yeah, then they're yeah. amping it up because they're like, maybe if we do it a bit more, mm. you know. And um, yeah, so it's very tough. But they just need some house rules. Mm. And then, oh, so unfortunate about the mother-in-law because that's really tough if you don't have that on your side. And if she's disrespecting you in front of the kids that's so tricky but all you can do there is ignore not react and continue your parenting we talked about this at christmas yeah remove your children from the room when you want to talk to them don't talk to your don't give out to your kids in front of that mother-in-law ever again remove your mother-in-law and have a chat but i'm serious yeah because she's gonna she's already her cards are on the table she's gonna butt in and give her opinion so now for your own sanity you gotta remove yourself from that situation you talk to your children in private and then you go back she doesn't get to do that she's not an if she's not going to be an ally feck off (laughs) there need that on a (laughs) t-shirt the first honey your rooney outfit t-shirt if you're not going to be an ally Feck off. Oh, feck off. Feck off is nicer. I I used to say to my sister that she needed a T-shirt because her kid was a colicky baby. I know. So he's crying quite a lot. And I said she needs a T-shirt or some kind of hoodie that just reads, babies cry, deal with it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) But people will get colicky babies, though. So tough. Those poor mothers, they just need so much understanding. Not listening kids, though. Yeah. Is probably the most common email that we get. Yeah, but that's it. That's a house that needs to sit those four-year-olds down. Four-year-olds are flipping capable, okay? They are well able to sit down and be spoken to and explained. That behavior is making your mother very sad. 
and I love you both so much. I want this to be a happy home. Let's think of ways we can make our home so happy. Also talk to them. Do you like when you ask me something and you feel like I don't listen? I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) And then be like... That you were asking me that. I know. Relate. You got to relate it back to them. Yeah. And have them help them wear the emotions of how you're feeling, you know. But what about this, Tina? If you're going to try and get your kids to listen more, Mm -hmm. do you need to have a private conversation with your partner? Mm Mm-hmm where you both reflect on, well, well, do we listen to each other? Are we modelling this behaviour? Oh, yeah. And actually, as a woman, you really need to phrase it that way, because otherwise you'll have a husband who thinks, ooh, (laughs) Yeah, like, what do I do with you? I always say, we need to work Mm, on. I cracked this code quite quite a while ago. Do we need to work on this or do I need to work on this? But look, it can be really helpful yeah. because let's be honest. Don't go to the family meeting without having been on the same page. Yeah. And I mean, you're on your phone so much. A lot of the time, I don't feel that I'm listening. <laughs> Whatevs. Working hard. Yeah. Work, working, working, working. Uh, this is a brilliant question. I really wish this parent the best. Of I really want it. this uh, mom, if she didn't mind, to get back to us. Yeah. If they have this meeting and they do the rules, let us know if that worked, if it helped and if it didn't. Give me more information and I'll figure out a plan. Yeah. Here's the challenge I'm setting the listeners, Tina. What did you learn late on in life at an embarrassingly late point? I think that everybody knows the stuff I'm talking about. I have two. You've two right off the bat. Email us in honeyyourrooneyourkid at gmail.com if there's something that you didn't learn that you should have been taught as a child. <laughs> yeah. That maybe it isn't count as your parents failing you, but it's something like, um, you know, there's always the classic is, oh, I thought the ice cream van was out of ice cream when they played the music. Oh, now, that's, that's literally. That's missing. our friend, Marion Riley. Yeah, that's misinformation that yeah. was passed down her from her. Her mommy told her parents. that that was the ice cream man letting them know there was no more ice cream left. That is brilliant. <laughs> Well, do you remember when we were living in Leeson Street and I ran up to you from the toilet saying that, do you know if you hold one nostril down while you're blowing? <laughs> we talked about snot rockets on the uh, oh, on the running podcast. I was like, you only learned this. I only learned how to clear my face properly in my 20s. In your I, 20s. I was struggling with closing sinus. Closing one nostril and blowing out the other. Yeah, throat. I was struggling with sinus problems. And then I was like, oh, my God, I mean, it's gross. Well, but okay. you ran up to me like you were Albert Einstein. Well, like because were the relief. Eureka. The relief in my face was just like, oh my god! I was all like looking at you, like, is gone. this a joke? I was like, Charlotte, do you know if you do this? Do you know? <laughs> you hold one nostril and blow out the other one. Okay, okay we need gross. to stop it saying gross. it. I'm disgusting myself. Uh, uh, a silly one that I realized was uh, a few years ago. I was at the Dolly Parton concert, and she was singing her song, and I realized that it's actually islands in the stream, yes. not. Ireland's industry. Ireland's industry, you I, thought it was. For my whole life, I thought, why are they so interested in uh, Ireland? <laughs> I think, did you, Every not, single time I listened to that song, I thought it was Ireland's industry. You, you that did. is what we are. Yeah, you, I did. But And nobody, nobody ever stopped you on this? No, I like, don't think I voiced it. I really thought they were saying about, yeah. Ireland's industry. industry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're Ireland's industry. You thought that 
I didn't Dolly think about Parton it too was saying, much. We are Ireland's industry. I was just general confusion. <laughs> it's a strange song. But it's very catchy. Yeah, and then Dolly I was. Dolly Parton and Kenny Rogers think they themselves are Ireland's no, industry. No, I can't stress enough how I no didn't one in between. Really... How can we be wrong? I mean, we're Ireland's industry. <laughs> Sail away with me to Ireland. Yeah, to another like, world, like, a green world. I was like, I'm a little boat to we, Ireland. Rely on each other in this industry. Yeah, in Ireland, we rely on each other. I was like, fair. From enough. one lover to another. Yeah, in Ireland. In Ireland, people other. love each other. <laughs> I was at her concert, well, and I was like, oh, so uh, much more sense. What age were you? Thirty. Well, you're not alone. There's tons of people who about these. There's, okay. I found a whole plethora of these online. This is not an uncommon thing. I was 23 on a trip with my girlfriend. We were both getting ready for the day in the bathroom and I needed my hair gel. So I asked if she could hand me my toilet treat bag. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's cute. She seemed confused. I again said, can you please hand me my toilet treats? (laughs) (laughs) She she ran from the bathroom laughing. (laughs) I mean, there's, there you, must be cameras. Do you remember the one about the nurse who was going out with a guy who was taught that when you put Vic on, you couldn't move or you'd die? <laughs> you <laughs> told me about this one. That one cracked me up. it was dangerous. His mother had told him that once you put the Vic on your chest, if you got out of bed, you would die. And he believed that into his grown up adult life. And this nurse was wedding herself, laughing at him. God. Like, generally men. But this is that's boogeyman, though. That's that's uh, if you if you pull faces, your face will get stuck that way. Well, my mother told me that if I didn't have the blanket over my ear, the ear fairies would come and take my ear. Oh, down my God. And that one still haunts me, to be fair. If I wake up and I'm not covering my ear, I cover it pretty fast. <laughs> Remember your friend Jared Christmas told his kid that avocados were called. Oh, there was guacamole Guaca- was pronounced guacamole. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just so he can have a laugh every time they're in a restaurant. Just so she come back and go, Dad, you know that's not what it, that's not how it's pronounced. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, I I believe that the little piggy who went to the market wasn't going shopping for ghost groceries. Last year it hit me. I'm 28. Oh, they hadn't put together this little piggy went to the market. She thought he was going like shopping. This little piggy. Oh, hang on, what? I, I, I think I might be just realizing. <laughs> <laughs> what? This little piggy went to the market. This little piggy stayed at home. Yeah. This little the pig. one that went to the market. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I never told you. We actually it. had one of these <laughs> take place. Um, what? Our piggy's dead, Tina. Oh, but... no. <laughs> teaching that children these rhymes went to the market and was eaten <laughs> that's <laughs> so very send cute. them in honey you're yeah. ruining our kid at gmail.com that's the way to contact the show and we'll be back with more next week and don't forget to tune in to our radio show on 98 fm on sunday and we know the time now 10 p.m 10 p.m we didn't know the time at the start of the show i but think now the best thing to say to people who are listening to this as a podcast is if you're like you can't convince somebody to download a podcast tell them they're on 98 fm yeah on 10 p.m on a saturday on a sunday night well we were, listen to it then we were on suzanne kane's show during the week who is one of the nicest people so cool i think i've ever met 
And she was very nice because she was completely right. She said it's it's the most unparenting parenting, parenting podcast. podcast. And that's a lovely thing to say because we aren't here to judge you or tell you how to parent. We just want to help you if we can. And you're helping us too because if we're getting it wrong, just get in touch and be like, actually, no. Yeah, I mean, this this was always the aim was just not to have this podcast be the finger waggy. I'll tell you how to do it yeah. and to try and enjoy your kids. I have one final one though that yeah, I have to read out. Okay. Gina. I thought morning sickness was just that feeling sick in forenoon. So one Christmas, I announced to my entire extended <laughs> family. <laughs> I just had a little bit of morning sickness. <laughs> you uh, I was probably nine or ten at the time oh. and I'm also a guy oh. Oh, also a guy. well actually I just remembered my biggest one was that when I was a little girl we're talking three years old when people used to ask me what I wanted to be when I grow up I used to say a single mom and I thought that was like the most amazing thing ever. Why would I waste my Why would I need a man? A, man? <laughs> a single powerful mom. <laughs> I used to be like, I'm gonna, yeah. just going to be a single... And you were correct. Yeah. Oh, of course. These single moms are amazing. But I just think it's so funny that at three years of age... That age, you I was decided. like, but any, anyone... What do you think you'd like to be? A single mom. A single mom. Single mom. <laughs> Don't have no men dragging me down. <laughs> Tima, thanks so much for doing the show as always. Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Um... It's it's uh, rolling into episode 19, our last one before the midterm break. Is that right? I think so. Uh, so, yes, keep the questions coming in and Tina will keep banging back the answers and she'll yeah. always get back to you. I have a, I am a little bit behind because there's been quite a few emails, but That's I will okay. get there. And keep the emails coming in because I will get to them all. Okay. Thanks, guys. Don't forget to rate, comment and subscribe. Thanks to Keila Brogdon and D Ready at Go Loud. Thanks, Tina. Thanks, Charlie. Honey, You're Ruining Our Kid is an Irishman Abroad podcast presented in association with GoLab. Editing, research, and production by Jarlett and Tina Regan. Find us on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad today. Don't forget to email Tina your questions on Honey, You Are Ruining Our Kid at gmail.com because, hey, in all fairness, it's hard to raise kids not to be gobshites. Mm-hmm.